Hello and welcome to today's episode of Let's Talk Robotics. I'm Nikki Rousseau, CEO and founder of Exaptic, a robotics company based in Melbourne. It gives me great pleasure to introduce you to Andrew Davies today. He is the CEO and founder of Taz Drones. Andrew, welcome and thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. Oh, listen. So tell us, you live in Tasmania. Uh, whereabouts and uh, have you do you grow up there and that was your whole life in Tasmania? Yeah, so I'm from Sheffield, which is up in the central north. Um, we're 20 minutes south of Devonport, where the ferry comes in from Victoria. Um, we're just at the foothills of the, the Highlands. So um, little country town, 1,500 people. Not somewhere you'd expect to have a drone company. But Not at all. Yeah. So. <laughs> so, so how did this all happen? Like, how did you start a technology company in a small rural town? So I was, um, I was born on the northwest coast. I was born in Smithton and my parents were dairy farmers. So we, we worked all along the north coast of Tasmania growing up and my family were actually from Sheffield. So uh, when I was in grade eight, we, we moved back to Sheffield and I finished my high school here and went to college in Devonport. And then um, like most young Tasmanians, I got island fever and all I wanted to do when I finished college was, was get off the island. So I moved uh, one way to Germany. I uh, lived in Germany for a year. Then I lived in Estonia, uh, lived in Scotland. And then I ended up having, uh, having travel as my number one goal in life. I, um, I ended up working in the mines in WA. I thought I'll go in, I'll work for three months and I'll be able to go traveling for three years. So I got oh, over yeah, there like, <laughs> like, like, you know, that's, that's how, that's how it goes. So yeah, yeah like, you know, like, like most people that ended up over there, I, um, I, I got stuck. So I ended up working there for six years as a driller, uh, above ground driller. And um, yeah, I just really missed my, missed my home, missed my community, missed Tasmania. I realized how beautiful it is here. And I moved home um, four years ago and uh, I didn't want to go back and be a truck driver or a builder or a, a farmer. So I had to create something from nothing. So yeah, I started the business out of the, uh, a granny flat on the family farm and uh, worked out of there for two years. And then now we've got, it, we've got an office in, in Sheffield in a co-working space that my brother built. So that's how we ended up in Sheffield. Man, listen, what a nice story. And I, I love it. Like you get island fever. So you just go to Germany. I mean, let's just, just go from Tasmania. No difference there. So why did you choose Germany? Uh, I met a lady who I was camping um, at Guns Plains and she was German. She lived in Tasmania for six months and in Germany for six months. She yeah. said, if you want to come over, I'll help you get started. So I went over there. Um, she thought I was only going over for a couple of weeks, but I was going, I had a visa and everything to stay for a year and went over there, went to Oktoberfest and she's like, oh God, I don't know. I can't help you for a year. I'm like, yeah. all right, yeah. better, better, better find a job. So yeah. I ended up, um, I met a guy who had a painting company, ended up painting um, industrial houses and buildings in Munich for the year I was there. So yeah, Listen, I, just, I love just the, to... yeah, the go getter attitude, you know, like I think many times we stop stop ourselves from doing things because we just find the problems. You know, what if I get to Germany and I don't get a job? Like fortunate that you had a soft introduction, so to speak. And it's always easier if there's a soft landing. If you, you know, if you if you said, okay, I'm going to Russia and you didn't know a single soul there, it's not quite the same, but you know, so it helps to make friends with people. 
Yeah, I think that's it's connections. And I think that's been the real key here in Tassie as well. It's, you know, everyone's got a, even in Hobart, they still have a pretty country mindset. You know, it's word of mouth. It's, it's forging good connections. And yeah, you've like, I think I've used that mindset from going to Germany at 18, applied that in business. And it's like, well, if, you know, if you can do that, then what can't you do? Well, exactly. That's very positive. I love that. So as a small little business, I'm not, I'm using small as in startup. Are you, do you, do you describe yourself as still a startup mode? And uh, yeah. how, how did your funding work? That's always interesting. Tell us about that. Uh, so I went to the bank of Nan and yeah. mum and dad. <laughs> <laughs> I tell them mom and dad, thank you so much. I love you. Do it on the yeah. podcast. Get it out there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah they, they still support me where they can. So we hosted a, um, a drone summit down here a month ago. So it was Tasmania's first drone summit. We had 100 people come from industry. We had six speakers come from industry and um, yeah, dad, dad was still on to me. Oh, can I sponsor? Can I help you out? You know, I was like, well, oh, you, what a nice dad. <laughs> you, you, you run a lot, you run a livestock business, but it's, yeah. So he, you know, he still helped out. And <laughs> whenever there's a new, like a <laughs> new technology or a new drone yeah. coming out, it's normally, man's like, oh, do you need a hand getting a new drone? I'm like, oh, I, we're still in startup mode, but you know, I think I think we we should be able to manage. I'll let you know if we need a hand. Listen, Andrew, you're blessed. Like for many many robotic companies out there, I'm sure they want to put up their hand and can we please be adopted, myself included. So I may be a little bit old to be adopted, but tell them I'm lovely. I I can be an older daughter. <laughs> So, listen, let me tell you, you, you're one foot ahead of many because financial problems, you know, and if, you, if you're worried about um, cash flow the whole time, it, it takes the pleasure out of stuff. You're so worried about cash flow, like that's your predominant thing. It takes out all creativity because you yeah. just go into this freeze mode of worry. And I mean, it's for anything in life, but particularly for people that are running their own businesses that you... Um, and I mean, how big is your team? Mine's very lean and mean. So basically all decisions, like, you know, I'm thinking about everything the whole time. Uh, there's, there's three of us full time at the moment. Yeah. And there's three, three contractors doing probably, I don't know, probably a week, a week on average per month. But yeah, it's, it's been the same. It's been, it's been scary at every single point. Like, and I, it's probably been exacerbated even more so being in a country town, yeah. you know, borrowing money from family, I didn't, you know, I like to joke about the bank and then, but I did, I used all my savings as well from, from being in the mining industry. So I redirected all of that money that I had. Um, I had a redundancy payout when I left. It wasn't very, it was only about $15,000, but hmm. uh, which I thought was heaps, you know, to yeah. start a business I can buy a drone and get a, get a, get a computer. And it's like, oh, geez, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend anyone starting a business in this yeah. industry with, without a hundred thousand dollars, at least to bankroll you. But, you know, I didn't, I didn't do it. But yeah, it does. It's a, it's a creates a very limiting belief mindset. You know, you're only planning for that amount of money you have at that given point, yeah. which has been hard to get out of. And we're still, you know, we've, we've gone from me by myself before COVID since COVID to that team that I just mentioned. And we're, I still feel like at every point we, we're just, we're just pushing that, you're scraping that limit to get to that next point. You know, you need more yeah. skills, you need more hardware, you need more, people to get to that next point but you're just scraping the barrel to mm. get there so, mm, so it's so nerve-wracking so what what support is there for startups in Tasmania I mean uh, do you uh, does the government offer you know 
any any sort of incentives for people such as yourself? So we've um, we've had a lot of help with R and D. Mm -hmm. So one one section of the business is um, designing, building. Uh, so we've been um, we've had help with R and D. Um, we we won a an energy efficiency grant this year. Um, so that was about seventy percent um, of an asset to make your business more efficient. Mm -hmm. So we we got a new spray drone with that grant. Um, there's digital ready, a digital ready program that's funded by the state government. So if you're a small business, um, SME, they will help you, uh, get set up on a digital platform. They'll come in and consult for free. Uh, I'm not sure how many hours they're doing. I haven't been to them for quite a while. Uh, there's the enterprise centers. So there's a center in, in Hobart and a center in Launceston. So it's an open co-working space. You can go there and work when you're starting your business. Um, there's Switch Tasmania. So Switch, Switch Tasmania do five hours of uh, free consulting. They organise pitch nights. And um, so there's, there's stuff there, mm. but it's still, you know, they're bringing a good voice together. They're giving you good resources to, to start and develop. But I feel like there's still a big gap between getting your five hours of consulting and then getting to that, that next tier. Yeah. But there, there is, there's help there. Which is Look, great. I, I agree with you. Five-hour consultancy for a startup is actually, it's a drop in the bucket. Like, you know, you go, that's great. But okay, what about this now? Okay, and with every hour of consultancy, they probably give you five or 10 things that you have to go and do and investigate. And you go, okay, now if I come back, who's going to advise me on this? So speaking of advisors, um, have you got, have you thought of having an advisory board or group of people that you can sort of tap into outside of, of the channels that you've mentioned? Um, yeah, we've, we've like putting a group of people together to work with, do you mean? No, specifically yeah. just like two or three advisors for your company. So, um, people that you could like a mentor that you go to oh, yeah, yeah. and you say to them, listen, I, I, and an official advisor, well, you can, it's an advisory board and some people do it pro bono just for the love of it. Others want to be paid. So I'd suggest go for those that actually have your best interest at heart and aren't going to ask you for money. <laughs> I've been, yeah, I've been really, really lucky on that. And that's kind of what's taken the weight away from these local support systems where I've had my older brother. So mm -hmm. he has a, a construction company, completely different to drones, I know, yeah. and, and an architecture firm. So he's been, he's right in the office right next to me. Yeah. So he's been there. Every, every question I've had to ask about business, every finances, at every single stage right from the beginning, he's been there to help. So it's been, it's been higher than, than anything I've been able to get from anywhere. So that's, he's been my biggest mentor. And then we partnered with uh, Global Drone Solutions. So they're a drone training organization. We deliver their training down here in Tassie. Mm -hmm. And Mahmood, the, C the CEO of Global Drone Solutions has been, yeah, he's been right up there. He's been oh, there. They, yeah, they're based in Sydney. They're based in Perth, WA. Yeah. I haven't, yeah. I, I seem to think they've got an office in Sydney as well, or maybe he was at an event because I've seen him on LinkedIn as well. I know I saw him yeah. and with the photos of you there. So listen, I mean, your, your point being, you know, it's a different business. That's fine because all business principles in essence are the same. You know, you've got a, you've got a product. What is, are you solving a problem? You know, what's your price point? Do you have clients out there that want to utilize your, you know, it's great building the solution, but if there's no one, you're not solving some problem, then, well, 
well, great that you've got a solution, but you know, minimum viable product, all these things that um, you know, like a startup um, program that you go through. And I think people get very enthusiastic about having the idea of having their own business, but um, it's really good to speak to people as, such as yourself about the realities of it and how stressful it is and how many things and I would imagine you're the same as I and that you don't sit around Saturdays and Sundays going oh I've got nothing to think about and twiddling your thumb you're constantly <laughs> thinking about right now where's that client and how am I going to get this order across the you know like it's just ongoing yeah we're, we're always tinkering around you know we've just built a workshop out on on Nan's farm yeah <laughs> classic <laughs> Nan <laughs> just build a work you know tinkering yeah. around building another yeah. workshop and doing yeah. things and yeah. there's there's always something it never ends like yeah you know, COVID was a blessing for that because you you're always putting something aside. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, we've we've had a and that's probably how we've managed to grow the team so fast because yeah. I had a few months to really sit down and you know develop project management software, task management software, um, set up a CRM and a mm. workflow for CRM and yeah. how to link link that all through to a website and build a funnel crucial. and a channel. So crucial, crucial things that you yeah, that, and and someone has to do because if you outsource it, it becomes very expensive. Oh, it's too, yeah, that's it. That's that gap, I guess. There's yeah. a big gap between, you know, how can you pay a consultant $1,500, two grand a day to mm. come in for, for a month when you're not even, they're making more money than you as a small business. You can't yeah. generate that revenue to pay them. So, yeah. So, university yeah. students, do you, um, I mean, I'm constantly contacted by universities to, they, the kids need like a work experience. Is that the same in Tasmania that you've got students that you can utilize? We've we've been working with uh, the university in Burnie. Yeah. Um, they've they've just started an applied technologies class. They did their first cohort um, this year. Yeah. So they're doing three three D printing, programming, CNCing. They've got a Kevlar three D printer. Um, yeah, all sorts of cool stuff. So they come. Their initial uh, one of their first days when they started, they came in came to our business and yeah, we did a meet and greet and we showed them through all our gear and everything. Mm. So we've been sending projects off to them to help with you know customizing some drones or designing drones or whatever. Um, we've got one of our guys going through their course in their next cohort starting in a month. Um, we we help out in you know we've been working with schools, so we go down to the Sheffield School yeah. and we we're trying to. It's there's a big disparity in the industry and i'm sure you'd probably see it a lot where the drones are referred to as a toy you know people just see a big drone and like oh that's a cool toy wouldn't mind one of those and we're trying to re-educate or for, well it's the first time we're just trying to educate people that mm. you know they're a really really powerful tool that you can use so um, going into schools going into the unis partnering and doing all these things is trying to bridge that gap and yeah so we yeah we've been doing been doing a bit of stuff um, so is it, is it fair to say that you're the only drone company in Tasmania? Uh, there's other companies. It's fair to say that we're the only one that would be specialised in the things that we're doing. So let's say it's a it's a production company yeah. that have that have drones as a, like an adjunct, or they're oh, okay. uh, they're, yep. they're an inspection they're an inspection company, and you know they've they've got a heap of drones to yes. just specifically doing inspections. But yep. as far as you know, training. Uh, and selling, uh, consulting, um, you know, doing the weed management that we're doing, the designing. Yeah, you're I'd, one of a kind. I'd say so. Yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah. So which, you, you, know. you basically specialise in drones. That's what you do, you know. Like, yeah, we just, we just yeah. 
it's the same as yep. me. Like I'm I'm a telepresence and social um, you know, personal robots company. That's all I do. I'm not a a software design company that I've got these things on the side that you know I may be using them. That's so your that's your main that's your core business. Yeah, that's us. Yep, drones. So, and not and not looking at it like you know drones are, you know drones are just a tool as well. There's it's you're getting data back mm -hmm. or you're, you know you're spraying weeds. You know it's a tool to get work back from that problem. So it's not getting lost in that, but specialising in that one field to be able to do everything um holistically in our mm. own ecosystem rather than having to leverage um con other people and other companies yeah um hmm. that's so, where we're at that's what we're trying to do listen look i i can i can think that your journey is only just going to increase and you're going to get called into more schools because it's um you know schools are crying out for people that have actually got the experience that they can walk the talk and they can you can go listen if it wasn't for bank of pop and nan and mom and dad and like these you potentially wouldn't even have got off the ground you know so your funding is crucial then your yeah. support on the side and um kids don't know this unless someone comes and speaks to them about it you know they may have some wonderful idea but it I could get lost because the reality is a business it's it's brutal it's tough yeah i think hopes and dreams really get crushed in in little rural towns you know like even just speaking about something like this growing up that wasn't within the realm of building or farming or you know the the, the industry that's around you it's kind of like well i don't want to throw my dad under the bus and he he loves me through and through but even for my first year or two he was he was coming home saying oh I've been talking to old mate down the road and we've got a job for you, truck driving, if you want to go truck driving, you know, yeah. you, can get, you, you can do a real job. So it's getting out of that. It's trying to, and that's one, that's one thing that really inspires me too, is, you know, we're just down the road from the school. I really hope that the kids can see that you can, you can create something of your own. Of course, because they can see it. In a small, in a small it. country town. Yeah, yeah, they can I, see it. Can. Yeah, I mean, I can see your dad, like it's a generational thing because it's tried and tested and, you know, it's a secure income. Like, this probably is of an anxious sort of give him sleepless nights worrying about you and going, will my young son manage this? But tell him you so far you've done it. And ugh, at the end of the day, you know, companies come and go. That's that's you know, you as long as you're learning out of your journey, that's the main thing. So that if you go, listen, exactly. that's just one way of not doing something. I've learned it now, but of course. I always go speak to as many people as you can because they've already had the lessons and you don't necessarily have to learn their lessons again if they're willing to share the knowledge. Exactly. Yeah. So what are the, some of the key problems that you've solved uh, using drones in Tasmania? So when we, when we started out in 2017, um, I uh, was at the Sheffield pub <laughs> where all good things start. All good things. I'm all good things start at Sheffield Pub. <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming to Sheffield <laughs> Pub, yeah. <laughs> we solved a lot of good problems at the Sheffield Pub. Yeah. I haven't implemented any of them though. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, I was uh, yeah at the Sheffield Pub, and um, a friend of mine, who's the son of one of the managers of the Hydro Tasmania in the north of the state. Yeah. He said. Uh, you know, we've identified a problem, which is weeds. So weeds on the walls are a big problem for hydro tas because of the uh, the roots growing through the wall ruin the infrastructure. Uh, they draw moisture through the wall, which ruins the um, structural integrity. 
So the only way that everyone in the world still that I know of is uh, maintaining weeds is uh, abseiling down with a tank on their back, spraying them one by one. So I was like, oh man. Jeez, that's dangerous. That sounds like a great opportunity. Yeah. So um, so we went, we hit the drawing board. Um, we, we went, I met with Hydro. We went and had a look at the walls. Yeah. And they gave us, um, yeah, they gave us a bit of scope and they said, yeah, we'll partner with you. If you can develop it, we'll give you a trial uh, period. Yeah. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll help you get up and running, but we won't give you any money until you've actually solved the problem. So yeah. same thing, you know, we directed all the money in from, from doing everything else in the business Yeah. and um, started designing and building. So we built, we just got bits and bobs from Bunnings and um, got electronics from China and we whacked together our first um, octocopter yeah. and put a, put a spray tank under it and a, a boom and a nozzle coming straight out of the front of it because there was nothing yeah. that you could get, which there was drones that can spray straight down, but there was nothing that was built to spray straight yeah. out. Yeah. So we, we, we did it, built it, um, got through the trial phase, proof the feasibility. They were just, they were blown away. And by that point, it took us about a year and a half. By that point, there was drones on the market that we, we could customise. So we ended yeah. up buying them from China and then customising them. Yeah. And we, com- we commercialised that. So the last two summers, um, we've pretty much sprayed all of the major walls in the scheme. And now that's growing into cliffs, cliffs and quarries for councils, um, pipelines down, down hills, um, infrastructure, around infrastructure you can't get to. Yeah. Um, yeah, all, all sorts of crazy stuff that we could never have envisaged in the beginning. With, so this, we, little, we with this little toy. With this little toy, that's right. Yeah. So, oh, they, <laughs> these guys are play, playing with their toys out on the farm. And, yeah, it's, it's, I, mean, I think it's fantastic. Listen, what a great story. And I hope they're paying you now. <laughs> now that you yeah, we're getting paid now. <laughs> I, I love this. I'm not. I'm not giving you a sentence. Like you go, listen, mate. I'm a startup. Don't be like this. To all other companies listening out there, don't be so brutal. Support the startups. Yeah. More support, please. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's hard. Yeah. So, so where do you see the industry going in Tasmania, um, Australia, the rest of the world? I mean, I think Australia's got. When I last spoke to Rob Sutton, he said to me um, about 2,000 people working with drones. So not necessarily just drone companies, but, you know, they, they're using drones in some, you know, like, as you said, it's like a, a bit of a spin-off to, to do their main business. Yeah, so more problems that we're, we're working on as well. So I, I, I really think my big vision is um, human air mobility. Yeah. So human, human transport running off renewable energy. Um, completely automated with highways in the sky. Mm. I think the hardware and the software is there, but the regulations are probably another five years off. Logistics, so delivering, med- starting with medical supplies. So we've, you know, a lot of the Tasmania is is very mountainous and hilly. Mm. So getting from point A to point B would be a lot faster. There's obviously a lot of regulations <clears throat> that need to be cleared for that. Um, mapping and photogrammetry. So there's a lot of um, you know, collecting and digitizing and creating a digital twin. Um, that's just in everything. So we're using it for quoting spray works now. We'll go and create a 3D model of a wall and then yeah. we'll we'll go into that and we'll zoom in and we'll look at all the weeds and we'll count the weeds and we'll mark the total area. And then we'll we'll share that with a URL to the agronomist who will open it up and look at the weeds and be like, oh yep, you've got a pampas there, you've got a Spanish heath there, you're going to need this chemical and you're going to need to do this to, to manage it. Mm. Um, and we just we just built that because we've been doing that in the, in other facets of the business. So um, swarming, 
So mm. swarming is going to just blow everything out of the water. So you yeah. say you're doing a, a single pilot at the moment doing one mapping mission could say do um, 500, 100 hectares a day, just random, random numbers. Yeah. yeah. You know, but with five drones, they could do 500 hectares in a day. Yeah. So it's same with us with spraying. Say we can spray 10 hectares a day. One pilot could go out and do 50 hectares yeah. and that it just it'll just grow exponentially yeah. it's it's unlimited pretty much um <clears throat> yeah Listen, so i think you guys are good placed in or well placed in tasmania um so if if a client approaches you and they want a solution and there isn't a drone on the market capable of doing it you guys can build the drone is that right yep yep okay. we can buy it we can build it or we can generally now we we're just glorified assemblers and customizers. So yeah. we'll just we'll just buy something in that's been proven, um, approved by CASA, and yeah, we'll just we'll three D print stuff for it and customize it to solve the problem. So we're working on a a water sampler at the moment for hydro. So they're currently you know getting in boats and going out into dams and rivers and putting in a little thing and testing the water. Um, we're looking at. Uh, doing incendiary burning with Taz Park, so dropping fireballs from a drone to help with fuel reduction burning. Uh, that'll require a lot of customising. Um, we've got a project we're just about to initiate. We've been building the drone and the SOPs and everything for the last couple of years to drop um, heavy uh, tripods onto walls for a mining client where they can't walk onto the walls anymore. Yeah. Um, so these are all... It's um, cool, like cool, cool, out of the box. fabulous, like, work that you're doing. And just for our listeners, if you don't know what CASA is, it's a Civil Aviation Safety Association um, that Andrew mentioned. And, of course, a key player in, in what's happening with drones and how drones are being implemented and used in Australia. Yeah, so, yeah, lots, lots, of, lots of stuff coming there. So, it's, yeah, it's getting CASA, CASA can't keep up. You know, no, I'm sure they can't. That, like, that, that, yeah. the wicked, they've dubbed it the wicked problem. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. the, the technology is just so, 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 uh, yeah. Gr growing so fast. And, um, yeah, there's a lot. So you, being based in Tasmania obviously doesn't preclude you from doing work in the rest of Australia. Yeah, we just, we've, my, my vision's been just to solve, solve problems on a local level. Yeah. And then, you know, if they're a global or a national, scalable problem then yeah i'd say the, the wall spraying for one example that's i know there's still like the snowy hydro scheme mm. uh, well everywhere all infrastructure around the country they're still not really implementing that 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 solution so yeah it could be everything could be national yeah yeah so what's next for taz drones so next will be um growing the team so focusing on getting in Good talent and good people so getting the, the contractors that we've got on board um, building them into more full-time part-time roles in the company um, we've got a lot of systems development that we need to work on so yeah we've got the project and the crm all that stuff set up but we've got to get to get to that next year to be able to manage a bigger team mm -hmm. we really need to work on time management project management all of that um, and just keeping up with with all of the all of the the craziness so um, Taz Parks, we've, we've formed this partnership with Taz Parks over the last few months. So there's lots of stuff going on there from um, infrared scanning, um, incendiary ball dropping, uh, mapping their assets, um, all, all sorts of 
stuff going on there. Growing the spraying arm of the business as well. So coming into next spring, um, we're, we're going to grow our fleet and trial and test over the winter, ready to crack into, into spring when that comes in. So we, we sprayed this year already more than we had in the past three years, mm-hmm. just coming into winter now. Um, the training arm of the business has grown. We've trained more people this year than we had in the last three years as well. So there's lots of education in, in schools, um, partnering with schools, partnering with um, larger organisations and um, helping keep up with the education side of things. And sorry, if you have to go. And then, no, no, th- no, 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 no. Like I'm just listening. I'm, oh, and yeah. I'm, I'm just thinking to myself, I hope, I hope most of these people are um, at some point starting to pay you, you know, because I know schools and things, you know, a lot of the stuff we do is pro bono. And of course it's for the love of um, uh, inspiring and, and getting the kids a new vision for them. But at some point, you know, you'd go, okay, well, listen, even if it's just a, a, a nominal donation of some sort or buy one of the toys. Buy one of the toys. Yeah, that'd be a good net result. Well, we did, <laughs> we were we were trying to organise to bring the year 10 kids from the Sheffield school down to Devil's Gate Dam, which is just over the hill from Sheffield, one of the walls that we were spraying. And yeah, it's, it's a hard, it, it can be hard to, to work in, you know, organise 10 kids and then get the teachers and get everything and then you're working around the weather and so it's it can be pretty taxing with the the net payoff just being helping and inspiring but I think you just need to you need to stick with it it's definitely it's definitely worth it but you can't you can't run at a loss you know we need to survive we need to survive as a business so hopefully Yeah. yeah Yeah, I, I always loved it. You know, when I started out in the in the business, people would contact me and they'd go, oh, look, you know, we'd really, um, and I'm talking about big corporations with like gazillions of money going, oh, listen, they'd really like to use my robot and it would be really good exposure for me, but they don't want to pay me for it. And I just, to all those people today listening out there, stop doing that to small companies because, uh, it's just by sheer luck that I'm still here. It could have just as gone easier, have gone the other way because of all the so-called exposure that they were going to give me. That didn't actually ever result in a sale. It just resulted in them having stuff for nothing. So I really do implore businesses listening to this episode today. Um, you know, don't do this to small companies, support them, actually buy their goods and um, pay them some way, even if it's just a nominal amount for the time and effort that they, they're putting in there. Andrew, I'm speaking on your behalf because I know you're far too polite to tell these people that they should just start paying you for your time. And I know you're doing it for the love, as we all are. But, you know, um, if, if they don't financially support you, there's no way you can run a company. No. Exactly right. Yeah, yeah. And, they, and everyone wants to support the underdog and they, everyone wants to support, you know, they're really proud of these small startups, but when it actually comes to, you know, I don't know, I, it's kind of like that, you know, people will treat you how you teach them to treat you. Yeah. How you allow, and it's the same with business. Like if you're, if you're allowing, um, you know, you're giving, you're giving and giving and giving, then that's just how people and companies will expect you to always move forward. So yeah. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. And I think from the outset, the answer is sort of, look, of course, I do a little bit of pro bono work, but um, then we kick into some sort of um, system where there's the support provided or you actually invest in some of my technology and, and then we've sort of got a bit of a quid pro quo going. But um, I, you don't expect their teachers to come and talk to your clients, you know, just for the love of it, just because you want to, they want to inspire them, you know, like it's, it's a quite a weird concept actually that's, that's been floating around in the business world. It is. Yeah. And it's, it's a tough one when you've got very limited time and limited resources, mm -hmm. like your, your time is the only time when you're a small business is the only time you can be generating revenue. So if you're taking it at, you know, your book, you're not generating that much revenue and you're taking your time into spending a full day, you know, inspiring the next generation and helping them, then, you know, how are you staying afloat? Yeah. So it's, you can only really leverage that when you get to a, a bigger scale, I think. So, yeah. So, yeah. so in closing, Andrew, um, like any thoughts you want to leave the listeners with, where can they reach you and not for a free inspirational chat <laughs> <laughs> for business people? <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, well, uh, you know, I really, I really love what we're doing. And, um, you know, I always openly invite anyone if you come to Tasmania and you want to come and check it, you know, come and meet. Um, we're based in Sheffield. We're at 122 Main Street. If you want to get in touch with me personally, you can go on the Taz Drones, Google www. or just put in Taz Drone Solutions. Uh, you can find us on the Facebook. Um, we have a pretty big uh, digital footprint, social footprint. Um, yeah. And I've been, yeah, I've been following have, you on Instagram. You've got oh, Instagram. Yes. Yeah, Instagram. Gee, yeah. I'm not very good. At, I'm not very yeah. good at plugging our stuff. No, no, I'm, listen, I'm thinking, what are we on? <laughs> listen, people, join him on and uh, Instagram. You've got you've got very nice posts. So get, I, get I, I think occasionally you'll see exactic like something. So no, it's, <laughs> it's it's great. Can I put your um your email address um in the show notes? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, if you want yeah, to. Yeah, that's email. probably easiest. Yep. I, do, I do that with everyone. So, um, listen, Andrew, thank you so much for your time. I'm, I'm so excited about what you're doing. Um, I'm going to put you in contact with a couple of people that I think may uh, be good contacts for you. And um, to our listeners, uh, please do give us feedback, follow us, and, and let us know uh, who else you want to listen to. And if you yourself want to be on the podcast, please do contact me. Join me again next week for Let's Talk Robotics. Awesome. Thank you very much for your time. It was good chatting. Mm -hmm.